I told you. I told you USC was going to get a commitment. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, fight on everyone. I'm your host, Mark Culkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching me on YouTube or wherever you like to download your podcast, we are free and I appreciate your support. And if you want to show your appreciation for the show, it's really easy. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. You like the episode, hit that thumbs up. And because Locked On USC comes at you five days a week, there's that bell notification button. That way you won't miss an episode. And to the over 3,000 of you who have become subscribers, I want to say thank you so very, very, very much. Without you, this show means nothing. So, that showed itself uh, early Monday morning. The Trojan Bat Signal. Fight on. And then around 9 a.m., USC's class of 2024 had another commitment. If you watched Locked on USC's Monday episode, you knew something was coming. I told you it was going to happen. Well, it happened. Four-star wide receiver Xavier Jordan from Sierra Canyon is the latest wide receiver uh, to join Lincoln Riley's party. Jordan, he took his visit back uh, end of January, late January, and he got an offer pretty much the next day. <laughs> he spoke with uh, Dennis Simmons and Lincoln Riley, and boom, there it was. Apparently, that visit left a pretty big impression on Mr. Jordan, and he's known for a while that he wanted uh, to be a Trojan, but still, you know, he he played uh, he played it the smart way. He took a couple of trips out to Oklahoma and Ohio State. And after those visits, Jordan knew that uh, he wanted to stay in Los Angeles. That was the place for him. Quote, there's a lot behind my decision to commit to USC. It's home. It would have made no, um, it would have made no season for, no reason for me to pick another school because USC is recruiting me really hard. I don't go a day without talking to coach Dennis Simmons and Lincoln Riley. They call me every day uh, to make sure I'm good. It's bigger than foot. It's bigger than just a football situation. I like how they care for me and I care about them. He continued. I see my, I see me scoring a lot when I see the USC offense. I see myself scoring touchdowns, looking at my family in the stands, celebrating with my teammates after the game and hugging Coach Riley and Coach Simmons after winning a national championship. It really does feel like every time I step foot in the Coliseum. So with that, that's the type of good stuff that uh, Lincoln Riley is recruiting. If you are a paid subscriber of WeRSC.com, you kind of had a heads up that this was going to happen as well. We really recover, we really cover recruiting for you over there. And that's why you should take advantage of our subscription special we've got going. But uh, over here at Locked on USC, your first listen every day, everything you get here is free. Now, um, 
I mentioned Jordan, uh, he, he took a visit to USC in January. Well, he's going to be taking his official visit to USC uh, the weekend of June 16th through 18th. And he was asked if that would be it for his visits before he, he plans to enroll early, spring, uh, early 2024 for USC. And he told USC, WeRC.com's Scott Schrader, that will be it. I'm really not interested in any other school, end quote. Okay, so <clears throat> I'm sure other schools will continue to recruit him. However, it looks like the door has been closed. He is firm in his commitment to USC. So what is the uh, six foot, six foot one, 175 pound Xavier Jordan, what does he bring to the roster? Well, when you, I just gave you a size. Right off the bat, that says slot receiver, right? Uh, he's got really good speed, really good hands, uh, tremendous body control. If you uh, checked out his highlight from the passing league, 7-on-7 uh, seven seven that he took part in over the weekend, you saw how good his hands are. He made a really nice one-handed grab. Uh, but here's the thing about Xavier. He's still developing as a player. He started his high school career at Cathedral High, and then last year, before his junior season, he switched over to Sierra Canyon, and he put up some monster numbers. Over 1,600 yards, 20 touchdowns, I don't know, 80 receptions, whatever that number is. Um, and now he's going into his senior campaign at Sierra. So by the time he finishes his senior year, uh, I'm sure his stock is going to rise even higher. So USC is going to have to maintain, stay in contact with him, keep recruiting him, because like I said, other schools are going to keep coming after him. That would be the smart thing to do if you're, if you're trying to get the best players out of California, or best players in the country. Nevertheless, as of today, May 1st, Xavier Jordan is committed to USC. Um, some other recruiting news, close out this segment. If you remember last year, June is when Lincoln Riley likes to hold, he has, he has their June bashes. He has two of them. Uh, one the first weekend or the second weekend of June, and then one a couple weeks later. The second one is this year is going to be from June 16th through the 19th. Well, actually last year was the 16th through the 19th. And for all of you who follow USC recruiting, and I know there's a lot of you out there, that was the mother load uh, for USC's 2023 recruiting class. They had something like 25 official visitors, and I think or 14 of them, 15 of them ended up committing to USC. Deuce Robinson was the most recent. So... USC recruiting fans should probably anticipate um, a similar return on that type of investment when this year's December early signing day rolls in because those two June bashes this year, they're already starting to fill up with big time names. And I'll, I'll keep you all updated as we get closer to them. Uh, I've mentioned it in the past. Uh, right now, I think they've got like seven or eight, nine names in that list. But it'll keep updating, and I will keep updating you as well. And then um, one real quick note here. 
Everybody knows USC has to continue to strengthen their roster, specifically on the defensive side of the ball. Top defensive end, edge player from modern day, Aiden Breland. Uh, he got to hang out. He was hanging out with Lincoln Riley over the weekend. I guess he spent the day with him on Saturday. And it sounds like uh, Breland had a really good time. And it sounds like USC is probably going to end up in Breland's top 10 list. That's going to be released pretty soon. That's progress. There was a time when I don't think USC was even on his radar. So USC is developing that relationship. And who knows? Uh, in, by this time June rolls around, Aiden might be coming to one of those bashes. So stay tuned. A lot of the local high schools are going through uh, their spring camps this time of year in California. So there's going to be recruiting updates all throughout the summer. So again, just to wrapping this segment up, USC entered the, uh, <coughs> excuse me, the top 25 ranking for the 2024 recruiting class. According to on three, USC now has the number 18 ranked class with three commits. Uh, Xavier Jordan joined uh, tight end Joey Olson and running back Brian Jackson. So there you go. As I said, recruiting is going to be heating up from now through summer and taking you all the way into fall camp, which will be starting July 27th. Don't forget, USC has a week zero game. So you're going to want to make sure you're checking out Locked on USC every day. And I'm going to bet you're going to make that happen. You want to know why? Because FanDuel, it's the betting time of year. I need you to make a fast break over to FanDuel because it's the NBA playoffs. And because right now, if you're a new customer, you're going to get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Um, as I mentioned, Lakers are on to round two. Congratulations. I'll be tuning in sometime in the near future, hopefully. Uh, but again, there is no better place to bet on all of your playoff action, including the Los Angeles Lakers, than with America's number one sports book. With FanDuel.com forward slash locked on, you can get a snow sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com forward slash locked on. FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. So, don't forget that Locked On USC is back again tomorrow. Just a reminder, five times a week, Monday through Friday. And on tomorrow's episode, I'm going to start breaking down the Pac-12 conference. And who is going to be USC's biggest challenger for the 2023 conference crown? So we've all heard the saying over the years, defense wins championships. Meh. That's all I got to say about that. Let me explain why. Yes, defense is still a very important component to winning a championship. But, you know, remember the term minimum wage? Well, somewhere along the line in these last five years or so, six, seven years, that term living wage, excuse me, minimum wage has transitioned into a living wage. 
I don't know what happened, but it happened. And again, when no one was looking, the defense wins championships mantra, defense wins championships, finger quotes, that also got hijacked. I think the proper way to describe how to build a roster and win a championship, championships are one in the trenches. That's the new approach. Since we like, everyone's into word games, championships are one in the trenches. I don't think anybody's going to disagree with that. And I, I actually mentioned that in passing on yesterday's episode of Locked on USC during one of my rambles. Uh, besides, when it comes to the, 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 the term, the phrase, defense wins championships, I'm not even sure what an elite defense is anymore. You know, every decade or, you know, roughly eight, ten years, a program trots out a roster that's just full of players that ends up winning a championship. And if I'm talking about defense, US, let's, let's talk about USC 2008. Okay. That was 15 years ago. They had probably the best defense. No, not probably. They had the best defense in the country and one of the most iconic defenses that college football had seen uh, in the modern era. It was devastating. Uh, they were giving up less than 10 points per game on average, but they actually lost that team actually lost a game on the road in overtime week three, and that eliminated eliminated USC from kicking Florida or Oklahoma's ass in the national championship game. USC ended up that's going that, finishing that season 12 and one. Uh, that year, just as a reminder, they walloped Virginia in Charlottesville 52-7. They killed Oklahoma. Ohio State 35 to 3 in LA. And then obviously a little bit a little bit of a letdown. They traveled up to Corvallis, which has always been a a horror show for USC for some reason, and USC lost 27 to 21 on the road. And then they just went on to literally steamroll everybody. The Oregon Ducks 44 to 10. Arizona State 28 nothing. Washington State 69 nothing. Arizona, this was a close game, 17 to 10. The Huskies, 56-0. California, 17 to 3. Close game. <clears throat> you see where I'm going with this? They destroyed Notre Dame, 38 to 3. Killed UCLA, 28 to 7. That was a great defense that you might remember. Ray Mayaluga, Brian Cushing, Kaluka Maiava. The list just kept going and going and going and going and going. Um, Georgia, 2021, that defense was pretty good. You know, lucky for them, they were playing in a, that team was dealing in the playoff era. So they got a mulligan when they lost their one game early in the year. And they actually eventually won the national championship trophy. But if we're being honest, again, those teams would win a championship today with their defense. They were good enough on offense uh, just to get the job done. USC was better on offense than Georgia was in 2021. You, you understand the point I'm making. Those were two dominant defenses. <clears throat> but again, solid trench play is where the, where championships are won. And they're, they're actually forged today, especially on defense. Look, the passing game in, in football 
it's it's a challenge to defend with quarterbacks. You know, you got let's just talk about Caleb Williams, Bryce Young. If you want to move on to the NFL, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes. They know how to throw the ball, but they know how to use their legs equally as proficient. And their legs are what makes defending the passing game so challenging. So the the last castle, so to speak, is the running game. If a defense can stop a running game, if you can limit a rushing attack, a, you, the defense now actually has a fighting chance. Because when you're putting an offense in second or and third and long, it, you're now making the defense's jobs easier. Because, look, running for a first down when it's, you know, second and eight, third and eight, third and seven, whatever, it just isn't a high percentage play call. Unless you have a really dominant offensive line. And even then, the defense still has an advantage in those types of situations um, if they bring pressure and they bring greater numbers to the line of scrimmage that's available to block them. So that's why you need to have that really dynamic quarterback that I was mentioning to kind of balance that scale if you have great players on, in the trenches on defense. Because if those guys, if you can stop a team's running game, again, now the passing game becomes easier to defend. <clears throat> so again, the, the Trojans were strong on the offensive side of the ball in the trenches in 2022. Not so much on defense. They couldn't stop the run. And as the season wore on, the lack of depth really started to show itself. And that's really, I think, what soured everybody on Alex Grinch and turned him into the perfect scapegoat. Um, Lincoln Riley, he saw what happened. Alex Grinch saw what happened. Everybody who watched USC last year saw what happened. Because of that, Lincoln Riley went, he went gonzo during the offseason. Uh, he used his first full recruiting cycle as USC's head football coach to just literally go ham on defense and he loaded up on the in the trenches specifically um you want to start on the o-line great he brought in he's bringing in five high school offensive line recruits and he also added three highly sought after guys to the transfer portal michael tarquin jared kingston most recently emmanuel pregnon and i'm hearing maybe another one is pending Stay tuned, you know, where you'll get that information. <clears throat> and then, <clears throat> again, as far as the defensive line, in the offseason, through the transfer portal, Jack Sullivan, Keon Bars, Anthony Lucas, and the most recent addition, Bear Alexander. That's a lot of size, and it was necessary to build up the trench, to build up that defensive line. You still got guys coming back from last year. You got Solomon Tuliapupu, who's really made an impression. Dejon Benton. Tyrone Tulaney. They've moved Corey Foreman up. We'll see what happens when he puts his hand in the dirt. Sean Nua, he knows how to coach guys up. If USC is deeper and stronger and bigger 
on the defensive side of the trench, USC has all the pieces to make a playoff run. And again, especially if they're stronger on defense. Look, Caleb Williams, let me just put it this way. Caleb Williams is not going to be denied a chance to win a team trophy. Yes, the Heisman is an individual award, and the team gets credit for it. But I think Caleb Williams would value USC's 12th national championship trophy a little bit more than his Heisman and USC's 8th. Speaking of Caleb Williams, <clears throat> hypothetical. Who wins a game between Caleb Williams and Caleb Williams? <clears throat> In other words, what if T USC 2022 played against Team USC 2023? Now, on paper, uh, USC's 2023 roster is going to be better than their older brother um, 2022 roster. Both are going to have Caleb Williams starting a quarterback. But the 2023 version of Caleb is obviously going to be a year older, wiser. And hopefully they're going to have a better defense, at least on paper. However, the 2022 Caleb Williams roster had Travis Dye. It had Jordan Addison. And it also had a really solid offensive line. Again, 2023 has an older Caleb Williams, but there's no Travis Dye. And there's a little bit of uncertainty on the offensive line until it gets settled. They brought in a lot of good pieces. They got to get it figured out still. And do not underestimate how much of a role Travis Dye played on USC's team in 2022. Remember, they went from 4-8 to an 11-1 regular season. A lot of things, the ball bounced the right way for them. A little bit of luck. They remained relatively injury-free throughout the year. But it was what Travis I brought to the locker room. It's not so much what he did on the field. that We all saw that. Warrior. But it's what he did behind the scenes. It was the culture. It was teaching his new teammates how to win and how to, and it's okay to win and to accept, you know, doing things the right way, but at the same time, understanding how hard you have to work to get there. Maybe Caleb Williams steps into that role this year. Maybe Austin Jones takes over from where Travis Dye left, you know, stepped away. Somebody is going to have to assume that role. You need that type of presence in the locker room. Look, it's we know Justin Dietrich is going to get it done. They're starting center. He's a no-nonsense type of guy. I'd like to see someone on the defensive side of the ball pick up that, uh, pick up the baton and run with it. I'd like to see one on each side of the ball. Who do you think it should be on defense? So... If those two teams hypothetically were playing, what would the difference be? Obviously, everyone's going to point to, well, USC's 2023 defense is going to be much better. But is the 2022 team better on offense? 
again, offensive line. You had Jordan Addison at wide receiver. Travis Dye. Both, you know, Jordan Addison is now a Minnesota Viking. So is Makai Blackman, for that matter. Tuli Tuiapolotu. Okay. How do you replace 13 and a half sacks in that? In the team in the 2022 uh, teams plus minus ratio, you know that that takeaway difference that they had that's a hard stat to duplicate. Again, it's I don't think it's so cut and dry. I think this would actually be a really close game. I'd love to see it go to overtime. Who would win? Like I said, everyone anticipates uh, the Trojans' offense to to kind of just pick up where it left off with Caleb running the show in 2023. <clears throat> and again, while it appears that the defense will be better in this season compared to last year, on paper, who wins this hypothetical game? Again, we could point out all the little, all the little nuances, all the differences. You know, who's the starting left tackle? Who's the starting right tackle? We know who's going to be the starting center versus last year. We have a pretty good idea that the defensive line is going to look a lot different than last year. Linebacker, same. I think the really the, the, the constant is in the secondary. Really, there's going to be one change, and that's replacing Makai Blackman with Christian Roland Wallace or Damani Jackson or Sierra Wright or any the existing guys who have been around. Anyways, fun off-season topic to kind of get us through. Who wins the game? You tell me. I'm going to be back again with another episode of Locked on USC tomorrow. Again, we're going to start breaking down USC's top challengers for the Pac-12 Conference Championship. That's on tomorrow's episode. So until then, everyone, you know what to do.